0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Self Agency Advocate Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda, and this is a space where we explore, discover, and share tools, techniques, and wisdom to help you build and maintain a sense of agency. All right, welcome everyone. I'm thrilled to be having this conversation because even just this little pre conversation that we had before. The energy coming from you, I am just so excited to hear what you have to say, what you have to offer. Shadelle, thank you so much for spending your time with us and sharing your wisdom up until this point and how you bring it into the business world, but also how you keep strong, steady and firm in your own foundation. So I would love to know more about you, how you got to where you are today and why it is that you do the work you do. And I'm most curious about the space of you standing in the gap, which you had mentioned previously before we started recording. So if you can speak to that, I would love to hear it. Well, let me give you what
1: you want up front. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we can start with why I choose to stand in the gap, right? And what that means to me. So standing in the gap literally means that I see that there's a need to be met And it affects so many people. And it's an expertise that I have that I share with people unabashedly, um, with no expectation of return. Because I've learned over time that I am the difference. I am the expert. So I can tell 100,000 people what I do and exactly how to do it. And I can still go tell 100,000 more, and nothing would change for me. I'm still that expert. I still have the ability to help people. And that's what I care about. And so why do I do that? Because for so long I was outwardly comfort, like, excuse me, outwardly confident and internally just shattered. Mm -hmm. Um, I spent so many years focusing on the perception of who I was instead of reflecting on who I was for myself. And so I feel like I spent so much time being worried about the wrong things instead of just celebrating. I I had so many milestones as a professional, as a woman, that I I just quietly acknowledged and never really allowed people to celebrate because I was constantly in the cycle of more, do more, be more, have more, nothing's enough, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a devastating cycle that so many people experience. And so the more open I am and telling people like, yes, I've been successful. Yes, I'm this person. Yes, I've done this thing. Um, And I'm very proud of that. But... None of that is like at all who I am. It's what I do. Yeah. And who I am is the woman who will sit with you when you've had a bad day and maybe you didn't get the sales you expected and say like, okay, well, what could we do differently to the business? Cause you're not wrong. Perhaps this process needs realignment and mm-hmm. helping people be personal in their business, but understand that the business is not personal. Um, mm, love that. And so that is something that, I've been doing for a very long time and I love it. You know, I started my career working in politics and if you know anything about politics, not partisanship, I don't want to talk about your partisanship. Don't inbox me about that. (laughs) But if you want to talk about politics, who brands themselves better than a politician? No one. You're no more clear about where a politician stands or doesn't right. Mm -hmm. Based on that branding. And so I spent a lot of time being, um the back end of that work and understanding like hey you know focus on what you do well you've never seen a politician stand up and say 18 or 19 different issues that they're passionate about right even though they might be you yeah. know they they focus And they join one or two or three committees and they do what they do really well. Mm -hmm. And so as I have aligned myself, I am intelligent and perfectly capable of being a bookkeeper, a teacher. I probably could have went to medical school, but, but quite frankly, no, (laughs) like I could not be a bookkeeper who was a doctor at night. Right. (laughs) Um, And so I really started to go inside of myself and like do the work to figure out who do I want to be? Like I've done all this work. But who do I want to be? When I look back 25 years from now, who is the Chanel I want to see? Um, And when I started doing that work, I realized there are things that I love. Okay. I love to teach. I don't like to do things for people. Right. Like I I cannot be a caregiver. It's not my ministry. God bless all of you who do. I have the Mm -hmm. utmost respect. But I like to teach people how to do things because I love doing things for myself. Right. So it was teaching. And then I love helping people make money. Right. I love financial independence. I do. I, I don't care who you are. I love to hear woman, man, child say like, hey, you know, I bought this for myself. And like that feeling of pride or like, hey, all my bills get paid. You know, I love empowering people to do well for themselves. Yeah. Um, And so when I started to think about like the branding. Right. And the teaching and like that self reliance, it all just started to make sense. I should help businesses do well because specifically small business owners make immeasurable impacts on their community, you know, Um, and small business owners create generational wealth and small business owners reinvest in the communities that they're a part of. And then their children come in. So you'll have four or five generations that own one store. They create so many jobs, you know, Mm -hmm. and so I still have that community aspect. I'm able to teach them how to do things better. I'm able to hold myself accountable to the communities that they represent, and then I still get the pleasure and the privilege to learn about mm. these people from these people. So yeah. I guess to answer that question, like
0: why do I do this work? Is because it checks all the boxes for me. Yeah, I love that. So how did you, what did that work look like when you decided, when you said outside I was confident and I was there and I was in it, but inside I was shattered? What was that moment where you were like, enough is enough. I can't keep going the way that I'm going. Yes, I'm successful. Yes, I'm doing all these things. But inside, I'm not fulfilled or inside, I'm not aligned. Was there a moment that that occurred and you said, okay, now I need to do the work. And then what did that work look like?
1: I think that there were lots of moments where I wasn't fulfilled. Um, Because it's never just one thing or one day, right? um i would honestly say the moment i realized i wanted something more is when i stopped feeling challenged so Mm -hmm. i was able to just have the job almost automate itself and it wasn't an automated role um and so i did the thing you aren't supposed to do i stopped working (laughs) you know i didn't have a job and i traveled i just took the world by storm i went to europe i spend a month in Miami. Um, I spent a few weeks um, traveling up and down the East coast. I went to Trinidad. Um, And so I just took time away from what was happening in my day to day life and just tried to figure out, well, who am I when you can't say I'm attached to this campaign and who am I if I'm not attached to this guy? Cause I also went through a breakup. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, who am I? Now, who am I to all these people? I had spent my entire life, you know, daughter, sister, um, yeah. cousin, niece. I was all these titles, and none of them were truly about me. They were all relationship related. Yeah. And yeah. so I just started doing small things like, you know, examining do I like cold weather? Do I like hot weather? Do I like having this for breakfast? And I found out that I'm not really a breakfast food person. <laughs> and then, you know, right. And it was like small things, but it was also just I felt more challenged by getting up and going to work every day than I did trying to figure out how to make money. And, Mm -hmm. you know, in the midst of that, I had some failures. I started a business um, with no money (laughs) and no resources. And, of course, you know what happened. It didn't work out, right? Um, So this is not my first round of entrepreneurship. This is my second and much more fruitful round of entrepreneurship. And Mm -hmm. I started asking for help. I started saying like, Hey, you know, what do you like about your job? Oh, you're a project manager. What does that mean? Okay. You're a therapist. I've had therapy. What is that? (laughs) You know, are you happy with that work? What do you define happy as? You know, Mm. you've been doing this for a long time. Do you do it for the money? What's the money like, you know, how do you, you spend so much of your time at work. Do you feel like it's worth it? You know, um, and so I started asking these very introspective questions to people that I care about and strangers.
0: Mm-hmm. I spent
1: a long time on LinkedIn reaching out to strangers going, hey, I know that you worked at X, Y and Z company and I'm looking for a, a, an employer. You know, I don't know what role I'm looking for, but do you like that company? And you would be surprised how many people say, don't come work here, <laughs> you know. Oh, or, wow. I, Yeah. Or I love this company so much. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. But I think it was my direct openness yeah. about it that made people more willing to um, help me. And I also mm-hmm. spent a lot of time by myself um, because I just, I in the same way that if you become adjusted to being aunt, niece, daughter, sister, son, brother, you start to lose the sound of your own voice. And so... I wasn't sure if everything that I was feeling, were they my feelings? Were they other people's feelings? So I would just like go on long walks. I would journal. Um, I would sometimes write stories and I would say, okay, I want to go work for, I'll give you some random company. I don't know, the art art studio, right? So I would sit down and say, okay, I want to go work at, you know, Jessica's art studio. Where is it? You know, how many employees does it have? And it would be like, what would be your perfect day at this place? Mm-hmm. And so I would literally just sit down and pretend that I worked at Jessica's art studio and I would write down. And I'd be like, oh, oh that's the best that they got over there. Like, you know, I don't want to do that. that. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it sounds so silly, but I promise you, oh. it is the most cathartic and um, peaceful and just fulfilling thing. Because huh. if you can't dream about it, because that was just my dream, right? Like I was just picking companies. If you cannot open up your mind, and with no expectations and no boundaries and create the perfect scenario, it's
0: not for you. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important. Because within all of that, not only were you discovering all the things that you want, or the ways that you want to move towards, you were also discovering the things that don't align. And you were discovering the things that you don't want. And it's that that boundary laying and that foundation building that you really went through of like, A, who am I? B, what do I like? What do I not like? It's like this whole dating yourself again and being like, who are you? And are we, are we compatible or do we need to find some alignment?
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So what was the biggest challenge in all of that? What was the hardest thing that you came up against? and how did you navigate that? Um,
1: hmm. I would say the first obstacle um, was me spending all of my money and then getting to a point <laughs> where um, I needed to come up with the income stream because I blew through my sizable savings. Um, and that may not sound like an obstacle, but it's a huge one, especially when you used to live in a certain lifestyle you know you're used to traveling and and special accommodations and you just are like the lifestyle you used to you no longer have access to and so in the midst of me trying to figure out who i was i also lost that very protected um identity that i had built Mm. um so the toughest part was that like i no longer knew who i was and no one else did either and so having to sort of harshly reintroduce myself as this person who was no longer um what i felt like the top of the food chain who was no longer, you know, mixy and going out every night and at this expensive restaurant, at this fancy place, I was now like, hey, you want to go to, you know, the local chain? (laughs) Right? Um, And so the loss of status. So I thought the loss of status um, was probably the most difficult. And Mm -hmm. I think that in the midst of all of that, because I had lost that identity, I kind of stopped believing in myself you know um which would make sense because i didn't know who i was yeah. so how can you believe in someone you don't know when you have no relationship with because yeah. i had always yeah. had you know i was a student i was all of these roles all of these titles right but not steady right because you're a student but every grade every year your grade changes your expertise changes and so i was so accustomed to these like outside um of my ship that when i was left to be the captain I was just, you know, prepared to either sit still or let the boat sink sincerely. Like, I just was not capable of understanding that, like, I, me, this vessel, this person was everything that I ever needed. And, like, all of those things had value because of me. But Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. And so it wasn't until I literally, like, was so embarrassed, like, didn't really want to hang out with my friends. And a friend reached out to me and was like, hey, let's go out. Let's talk. And I'm like, oh, God, I got $8. <laughs> like, that is it. <laughs> like, I cannot be going anywhere, you know. But I went. And the first thing he said to me is he sat down and he looked at me and he said, how are you making money? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not making money. <laughs> it's just not working out not for happening. me. It's not happening. I was like, I just, I don't have it. And so he is such a kind soul. He was like. Yeah, I kind of figured that. So here's what we're gonna do. And he sat down, he talked to me. He said, What do you want to do? And I was like, I just don't know who I am anymore. So I don't know. Like, I'll do anything. He was like, You're not desperate. Stop. Mm. You know? He was like, Well, I'll get you a job. He was like, Are you just trying to have a job until you find out what you want to do or figure out your next steps? I was like, Yes. Yes, I am. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, so he helped me. And then he was so like forthcoming um, that day. I just started telling people like, I don't have any money. I don't know what I want to do. Um, I just I need some help. I need some support. Like, can you point mm. me in the right direction? Um, and the support was overwhelming. When I got out of my own way, everybody was like, girl, yes, I'll help you. I have your back. You want to open up a company? What you want to do? Maybe I can invest in you. Oh, you want to work over here? Call so-and-so. And And literally that same guy friend who called me and sat down with me, he got me a job, you know, and not just like, you know, a job that anybody could get per se, like it was a job that I could take care of myself.
0: Mm -hmm. So literally
1: in 45 days, I went from having $8 to a
0: full-time paying job, you know, And so vulnerable was that, that moment of like saying, I have nothing, like how, What? (laughs) that's, that is so hard for people to actually, A, admit it to themselves, Mm -hmm. B, say it out loud to Mm -hmm. someone and be like, I'm struggling. How -hmm. did you, in the face of that, what were you feeling in your body and how did you, muster up the courage to still say I need support
1: in that moment I felt like I was faced with um, two very clear options lie you know Mm -hmm. Um, and continue to feel the burden of uncertainty um, or tell the truth and have some hope because lot there is no hope in lying you know and so many people live a lie and i just didn't want to live my life Mm. pretending to be somebody who i wasn't because it was one thing to be living under perception it was a complete other you know the idea of trying to live a lie and i care enough about my friends to not lie to them But in that moment, I knew, like, this is a character-defining moment. If you do not tell the truth now, you will forever remember this moment as, like, the day you decided that you just did not want to be the person who you thought you could be. Mm -hmm. Because money should never be the distance between where you are and where you want to be. It's money made every day, all day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know? And even back then, I remember going to a store And you can buy grapes that are off the vine in a plastic container. People will pay to have you pull their grapes off the vine, you know? (laughs) So there's no reason for me to not have money. And I just decided that, like, you know, maybe I haven't figured out the right business and I was getting over the devastation of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But why am I embarrassed? You know, why? Why? And I didn't have a good enough reason for why I was embarrassed. Like, I could not... I couldn't find an explanation for being embarrassed. Like nothing made sense. Nothing. Everything that I thought that was supposed to make me embarrassed was actually not real. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, no one would laugh in my face because it's not funny. You know, Um, no one would view me as a failure because I didn't fail. The business model itself was faulty. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. it didn't work, but it was never designed to work. Yeah. I didn't put in the proper amount of work. I did not take my time and truly figure out what I wanted to do. I literally did what I thought was easy. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was a very arrogant time in my life, and so with him, I just decided that like I'd suffered enough and that I wasn't quite sure who I was. I just knew that like my character depended on me being honest, and you don't get many clearly identifying character defining moments, that was one for me. And Mm -hmm. I just knew that I did not want to be a liar.
0: Mm -hmm. How did that shape you going forward? So from that moment to today, Mm -hmm. do you often check in with that part of yourself and be like, how am I making that woman proud? How am I still doing the things that in that moment I said, honesty, vulnerability, and courage Are integral in this moment of openly saying where I'm at do you find that you have to recheck in with her every now and then and say how are we still living in alignment with that
1: oh absolutely all the time
0: um and not so every now and then
1: It's, it's all the time um my business is built on my very firm belief there's no proof per se in what I believe in but my very firm belief that people deserve to have the life they dream of. That is the bottom line for me. And so, that same woman who sat across the table who decided that her character was not up for sale and that her conscience was not to be manipulated, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things, I decided to stop um, blaming myself and just started to like have real conversations. Um, and so, For me, do I check in with myself? All the time. I write down, you know, I have my moments of self-doubt, but I write down all the time, like, does this bring you joy? You know, Um, Mm -hmm. I journal every day, literally every day. And sometimes it's something as simple as I'm tired. (laughs) Um, But, and I check in with myself in that way. But then I check in with myself during the day because if I'm really tired, you know... um, When you're tired, you just have a low frequency. And I am someone who is exuberant. So when I'm low frequency, for me, it just kind of messes with my psyche because then I'm feeling like I'm dragging. I can't work fast enough. I can't do it in like a high performance way. And I'm sure like you're a high performer. So you understand that like you need to be moving to be fulfilled. Yeah. And so um, one of the things I've worked on because I am such a like high performing, constantly moving person I create breaks for myself. And like that's something that I learned before that vulnerable moment was that I never rested. I worked all year round. You know, I would take a vacation, but it would be like three days. You know, it would be like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I would be right back at work. You yeah. know, um, I never extended myself grace. And mm-hmm. so now, today, all the time, I check in with myself and I say, you know, does this make me happy? And I'll give you a very real life example. At that point, you know, when I decided I would be honest about like not making money that I wanted to make and like not wanting to be dishonest with people um in my business, in my current business, um, there are parts of the business that I just don't enjoy. And I remember calling my friend and being like frantically frustrated with this specific thing. And I was like, you know what, maybe going into business is for me because I just don't like doing this. And I understand it's an important part of a business in 2020, but it's just not for me. <laughs> and this is like how aggressive I was <laughs> and I was just like I just don't want to do this and I'm just like so just caught up in this but then I thought about like Chanel three years ago never got this far Chanel two years ago didn't have this Chanel pre-pandemic didn't have this you are so much further than where you need to be and quitting is not an option so I sat back and was like okay this needs to get done I'm just gonna pay somebody to do it and so i <laughs> like and then it was like, it was the craziest thing. So then I was like, do people even pay people who this part of their business? I get online and I find out that like, you can get a virtual assistant for such an affordable price. Yeah. So it's like, you, I'm like, what, what, I'm going to hire somebody. And I, and I was like, well, I only need them like three hours a week to just do this thing for me so that I never have to do this again in my entire life huh. because it's making me so angry. I want to quit and it's just me. And like, you know, I know. And maybe this is like a check-in thing i know that when i'm being hypercritical it's because one of two things either i'm fearful or i am just uninterested in it and so i just pick it apart until mm-hmm. it doesn't exist for me right yeah. but i cannot treat my business like that and yeah. so I, I did that same self-check-in and i just was like okay you frustrated but are you are you scared that your business won't work out well yes every day but that's not what's causing this problem yeah. What are you being dishonest about with yourself? And it was like, I just don't want to do this. It's not that this is hard to do. It's not that I'm not capable of it. I just don't want to do it, you yeah. know? And so then it was like, well, what do you do, Chanel? You be honest about it. And when I was honest about it, you know, I found out about the virtual assistants. And so I was able to, you know, vet some people. And so I now I have somebody who can do it for me. But like that same, that it's that same internal thing of me like sitting with it and deciding like, are you going to be the kind of business owner who fails because they think that they're an expert at everything? Because they exist, you tried that. Did it work? <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, did not get us. Right. And can you not? Can you not be a failure in a cycle? Like, can you break the cycle,
0: sis? Like, yeah. you know, stop break it. The cycle. Yeah, because I really loved this idea that you had shared with me around this mentality we have that success needs to be a struggle, right. and that mentality has been. So prevalent, and when I hear you share that last bit, I'm like, Yeah, I've been there. I've been in that space of, Well, I have to work hard in order to deserve it, and I have to do everything. If I'm an entrepreneur, I need to do all of it, I need to be all parts of my business, and I need to do everything, and this and that. And in reading that, that you had shared this idea that success is a struggle, and we have to work hard to deserve it, I was like, Yeah. And at what point are we real with ourselves and say, no, to be successful, you have to be smart and do the things that are best for you in that moment. And if it's hiring this part out, if it's hiring that part out, do that thing. Like we can't do it all, we don't need to do it all. So, was it kind of like a humbling moment for you? Because when I hired out a lot of my work, It was a very humbling moment being like, oh yeah, like you're good at this thing, not so good at that thing. So like honor other people's work and honor that I can pay somebody to do something that they really enjoy doing and let them take that on so that I can focus in the space of what I enjoy and what I'm passionate about. Because for me, it created so much space. All of a sudden I had more time and energy to put into what I really love the aspects of my business that I care about. I don't want to do the numbers. I don't want to do the marketing. Somebody do that. Help me. And it was, it took me a while to get to that point of saying I need help and I can't do this all. But it sounds like you kind of hit that point and you were just like, yeah, I need help and I'm going to dive in and go for it. Was it that easy for you? So, yes. I'll be honest I mean it wasn't
1: like a um it wasn't a very long process I didn't like you know push past the point of comfort because you know I love joy and I love it when I'm happy and I love it when I'm comfortable and and I can create when I'm happy I give you my best work when I can find the joy in what I'm doing and so I am unwilling to give you anything less than excellence and so anything that gets in the way of that including me it has to be managed omitted or bargained or sort outsourced whatever the word is to take so that I am giving you I'm overperforming I am dazzling you in a way that like you didn't expect I can't give you that quality work if I'm like you said doing the books or I am responding to dozens of emails or if I am using my creative equity To do things that don't produce the results i want yeah and so um, because i am such a like infrastructure strategy person because no matter what work i've done it's always about infrastructure strategy communications they all
0: Mm -hmm. go hand
1: in hand i don't have the time in the day to then borrow against being able to do those things because that's the first thing that suffers if i spend four hours balancing the books as an example then that's like eight hours of mental equity that I've exchanged to do this one thing. And not that I don't like, you know, I have a system in place. I do like the QuickBooks thing. So that it takes care of itself, you know? Um, And I've automated a lot of things. It was that easy for me because it was way too important. I don't really support people struggling. If you called me a week from now and was like, Hey, I'm struggling with this. Let me help you. I'll give you an excellent example. I didn't write my website because you know what? I am such a perfectionist when I get in that cycle that I wrote my website probably for six years. Yeah. Okay. Six years. And I don't even want to tell you how long I was creating a logo. Okay. (laughs) So, um, Trust me when I tell you, I spent a lot of time doing the things that didn't matter because it's easy to pick apart those things. And so, you know what I did? I found out that I can get a $50 U.S. dollar logo on wix that was the first thing the second thing i discovered was you can go on this site and i'm not sure if it's global but it's called text broker and you can find someone who will write your website they will um ghostwrite blogs they will edit your work and i think my website's like 1500 words or something it was 80 us dollars
0: 80 why would i spend my brain power doing that
1: <laughs> And I have like four or five pages on my website. And by all means, most people don't even shop websites in that capacity for consulting services anyway. So it's don't get on there thinking you, you're gonna find the Bill Gates of websites, you're not. Um, but it's gonna give you what you need to know about me and about the services that I provide. And you know, I do so many other things that like the website is really functioning as a cash register at this point. Like people don't even really go on there for anything other than to like, check out, um, period. But it, it took me understanding that, like, I'm struggling. People will buy grapes in a plastic container. So somewhere, somebody out there is willing to do this if, I'm, if I can pay them. And the yes. best thing is that in this world, you can find top-tier work in whatever budget you're in. Yeah. You know? And so maybe five years ago, it wasn't available, and I couldn't get someone to do it for that price. But in 2020, I was able to. And mm-hmm. so it's just that clear for me because I care so much about my business and I care so much about the work that I do with my clients and I love it. You know, I I, I was doing it for free. That's how much I love it. You know, yeah. you could call me again, like you don't have to be my client. You can call me and ask me about business and we would talk about it and we yeah. would solve your problem, you know, but th- because that's how much I love what I do and I won't ever again, let myself get caught up in these like small things because I'd much rather spend time talking to my clients. Yeah.
0: So within that then, how do you keep your boundaries firm in the sense of knowing your capacity? So because I find very similar, like I love what I do so, so much and I could talk about it for days on end, but Mm -hmm. at some point my capacity runs out and I need to top back up, refuel, recharge. So for you, how do you navigate your boundaries of knowing when enough is enough and you need you time and self care and rejuvenation so that you can continue to show up? And then how do you communicate those boundaries to people? Ooh. Okay.
1: So the answer to that first, that first question is how did I create boundaries? Mm -hmm. I vocalize them and um, if they are relationship based. So like, you know, friends or something like that. I make it clear. Everybody who knows me knows I go to bed at ten o'clock. It's not a secret, you know. <laughs> so at ten p.m., nobody calls me. But if somebody does call me after ten p.m., they want something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will be on the phone with a friend and be like, "Oh, it's nine forty-five. I'm going to bed in fifteen minutes." You yeah. know, <laughs> so up. Very up. Ma- yeah, and very matter of factly. You know, I'm not saying every night I'm like a you know a hard line and I have to do it exactly at ten o'clock, but Eighty-five percent of the time, that's what happens. Um, and then in my business, um, I don't text. You can text me. I will not text you back. Um, and it's literally, you will text me. I will email you. Now, <laughs> hey, thank you so much. I saw you tried to reach out to me via text. Unfortunately, I can't consult, you know, with you with business on my text line because that's my personal cell phone. I extended it to you in case you needed something to talk about, but I can't have conversations over text. Okay. Um, and I say it to my clients and I'm, I'm just ve- that very direct and very clear and, you know, no one complains about it. It could also be the service area that I provide for or everybody's thir- for the most part 30 and over. Right. And so they, we, we grew up in that environment where people don't text for business. So it's perfectly fine. Um, when I recognize that I'm starting to get frustrated cause that happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would force myself to take the night off. So like Friday night, I was tired and I was so tired. I didn't know why I was tired. I just knew I was tired. And so the natural instinct for me is to keep working, you know, because you're not rich yet. And until you co yachting with, you know, the billionaires, you need to just keep working, right? Because that's, you know, that's what I'm taught. Um, I was like, I'm not going to be putting up anything quality tonight. I just need to go land a bed. And so that's what I did. I finished whatever I was doing. I signed off the computer and I wouldn't lay in the bed. And so I also try to define what I'm going to do within those boundaries. And I think that when you do that, it disarms people, right? So if you're just constantly telling people, I don't answer the phone after 10 o'clock, you know, why, right? But if I say I go to bed every night at 10 o'clock, ask and answer, right? Yep. Or if. <laughs> Right. And I, and I just, I'm honest, if I say like, I'm tired, I, I just, I can't talk. I had such a busy day. I can't talk to anybody else today. You can you tell me I have to, you really can't, you know? Um, and I'll check in and say like, are you okay? You have an immediate need, you know, cause I'm happy to c- step in for you, but otherwise I'm going to go X, Y, Z. And for me, um, self-care, those kind of things i have beautiful relationships with all of my friends Mm -hmm. and you know i experience no lack in those relationships because they also set boundaries with me i have friends that i talk to at 5 a.m because we're all up and with you know very little obligation at that hour so we literally talk at 5 a.m you know i also will never text them at 6 p.m because they have children and husbands and they can't talk right Mm -hmm. and so You know, I think that people have issues with boundaries because they don't define them. And they often will just like unilaterally place them on people without any context. And then that's just not fair.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, but if you say to people, I I go to bed at 10 o'clock, even men that I date no, I like you, but I'm going to bed at 10 o'clock. But I'm going to sleep. (laughs) Right. Like, And that's bottom line. And when I'm with you, I'm going to prove it to you. Because at 10 o'clock, I probably will be asleep. (laughs) So then you know going into the relationship, I'm sleeping 10
0: o'clock. It's not because a joke. Would you say to people who don't have that, cause like when I speak to you, I'm like, she knows right. she's in the work, she's got it. Right. There's a confidence behind your why. Like, you know, why right. you're speaking these boundaries. What would you say to someone who really struggles to say no to people mm-hmm. who have that people pleasing tendency or have that way of disregarding own needs for the sake of others? How do you develop that confidence? How do you develop that space of being able to communicate that with no fear of judgment or disappointing others?
1: So, oh, that's a very loaded question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Good luck. Was <laughs> Thank you there. <girl. laughs> um, number one. If you're trying to figure out where to start with boundaries, start with your non-negotiables, okay? So for me, my non-negotiable is sleep. For some people, that's food. For some people, that's exercise. For some people, that's, uh, I don't know, walks or shopping, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever. Start with your personal non-negotiable. that It only happens in this body. So it cannot be shopping. It has to be something for you. Start there. Okay, because people can't. If you've exercised, you're non negotiable, and you say to somebody, I have to work out because it is literally the balance in my mental health. When I cannot work out, I do not function well. I don't feel good about myself. I don't like the way I look in my clothes. And I am just not good for anybody because I just don't feel good about myself. Yeah, people cannot. And then people will, you know, will be like, oh, girl, you look good. Or, man, bro, you look great, right? Cool. But I would then pivot back and say, that's a perception. And I'm telling you about my reflection. And so I need to make sure that I enjoy what I see. Yes. Okay. And so that's how you start. Like people always like to put their perceptions on you, even the people who love you the most. Yep. But if you start owning what you need, very small, like I need sleep. And people who know me know I am like borderline tyrannical if I don't get sleep, I am just tripping over my feet. I'm walking into stuff. I need <laughs> sleep. Right. <laughs> and so I could literally go most of the day without eating, but if I don't sleep, I cannot carry, I cannot think, I cannot write, I cannot produce. And so it creates this like self deprecating mm-hmm. attitude that I can't get out of until I go to sleep. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing would be defining, you know, those things. The next thing is, like, how do you get away from judgment? When, when they find that out, they can let me know. Because people are going to always judge you, you know? Right. You're doing well, they're going to be like, oh, well, they had this and that. When you're doing, you know, not so well, oh, well, they didn't do this or that. It don't matter, you know? I don't care what part of history you look in, there's going to always be a leader, and there's going to always be a group of people who hated that leader. Yeah. So you can decide, do you want to stand with the people who hate leadership, or do you want to be a leader? That's it. Like, it's that serious. And if you decide you want to be a leader, you need to know as soon as you start gaining momentum, people won't like it. And so you will will find it in your own household. If you tell your spouse that you want to work out, they will start telling you things like, you look good the way you are. That's a perception. Yeah. It's not a reflection. And so you have to tell them, that's your perception of me. And I love you for being a champion for me in that way. I'm letting you know, this is what I need. You know, and then sometimes you have to write down so that you are very clear about what you need to do to get the day done, to feel good about yourself. Mm -hmm. And I do not feel good when people interrupt me five times a day. So when I'm very serious about my work, I will tell the people who I talk to all the time, I'm going on do not disturb from 1 to 6 p.m. today. Right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, people will push back and you have some people who will just keep calling you anyway. But that person, you check them. You say, didn't I tell you? Yeah. And I was going on Do Not Disturb, <laughs> what is the emergency? And you have to answer the phone with that energy. Yes. And you have to be like, oh, my God, are you okay? <laughs> and then are like, what is wrong with you? And they're like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> well, I just got so so nervous because I told you I am on Do Not Disturb, and you called me to get out of the Do Not Disturb. Is everything okay? Yeah, no, it's like, fine. You're like, yeah, you're, you're like, or you're trying to kill me, because I just can't understand why you call me all these times. And they'll be like, oh, no. And before they get into what they need, I'm like, okay, good. It's not an emergency. I got to go. Call me at six. I'll be right here. Yeah. You know? Uh, but then also keeping myself, because it's easy to then just start that conversation and have it for 20 minutes, right? No. It's your responsibility. Your, your boundaries yes. are your responsibilities. Nobody else's. Yeah. You know? And it sounds so silly. But I have gotten so many of my friends out of the habit of interrupting them I do not deserve by answering the phone like that. Yeah. Because it 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 doesn't embarrass them or anything, but it makes them hyper aware yeah. of the inconvenience.
0: Yeah. And I think it also might make them check their own boundaries as well in those moments, you know, yeah. like when you hear somebody stand firm in their own and say, look, like I communicated this. I'm standing firm in it. Call you back at six. We're not doing this right now. And then they're like, oh, when do I do that for myself? Do I set that time? And do I set those parameters for myself and hold that? Because I think that's the space of leadership like you were speaking to is being in that space of my boundaries are my responsibility. I am my sacred duty. How am I taking care of myself and setting that tone and then holding others to that standard as well and holding them higher? So yeah, I really, I love that because it is, and I love that you don't give into that space of when you do answer the phone, you don't give into that 20 minute conversation because then they know they can get away with it.
1: Yes. She has a boundary. She right. doesn't really, yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah. it takes, you know what that takes practice. Yeah. And again, you know, it's like that same, it's understanding it'll never be perfect, right? Um, and it doesn't, you don't owe anybody your time, even people who pay you for it, yeah. um, and so it's just again. And sometimes I set my do not disturb because I just want to sit in silence. Yeah, you know. And I and I, I am in such a space that I would just tell you, I just want it quiet. You know, I want some quiet time. Don't you tell your kids to sit down and be quiet. I want to be quiet. You know. <laughs> um. And so, yes, yeah. And yeah. sometimes I need some days. And so. I will set the stage and say, hey, you're not gonna hear from me for a couple of days because, you know, after I come off this big, this big project, I'm getting on a plane.
0: Mm-hmm. You know?
1: And because I, you know, pre this situation we in, you know, yeah. the apartment, um, I would have on a plane, I'd be out of here in Miami, DC, you know, Mexico. I'd be oh. out of here. Uh yeah, absolutely, swiftly, expeditiously. <laughs> um but now I don't have that luxury. And so, instead it's, Hey, you know, I am going to take a couple of days to myself, you know, mm. and it's not a spa obviously. Right. Cause we're still, um, in this environmental, you know, restructuring as I like to call it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've had to get very personal with yeah. how I am able to like decompress, um, And also very clear about my boundaries because everybody's at home, you know? And so there's a fine line between isolating yourself to decompress and being careful that you don't slip into a depression or slip into this isolated state that, like, makes you create scenarios of people not want to be around you or interact or engage. Because I think for the first four or five months, a lot of people felt like they were literally one inhale from dying. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so, you know, I've never lived in a situation where I thought I was going to die every day until this season started and, you know, having to be faced and challenged by like, oh my God, I could like not answer the phone and then I could find out tomorrow they have this deadly infectious disease. Yeah. You know, but that didn't change me. It didn't change mm-hmm. my boundaries, but it did also separately. Make me more empowered to have much more quality conversations, I find that like I don't scroll on Facebook or social media when I'm speaking with my friends anymore. you know yeah. i don't we don't go out to eat, but like we might get together at someone's house, nobody's on their phone, nobody um but it's just it's taught me a lot, and so it's really been insensitive all these years that the boundary of no phone didn't apply to my whole life, but yeah. now
0: yeah. Yeah. You know, so go ahead. Yeah. there's a lot that's come out of COVID like that. Hey, where like all of this, you, you just kind of reevaluate it. You're like, Oh, what, what were the things that were deeply not working before? And how do I instill them and bring them forward with me? So mm-hmm. it's like, it's things like that, where I've talked to a, quite a few people who have actually said like, yeah, I've stopped scrolling on social media while I'm on the phone with someone. like why did we ever think that that was okay before but like i'm guilty of it for sure i'm like how did i think that what what was i doing but now everything just has more meaning like you're like i need to have this conversation and get everything out of it because who knows like with my family being back in canada who knows when i'm going to see them again so each time we're on the phone i'm like tell me everything Eye contact the whole time. I'm like okay. I just feel like I'm there and you're we're more invested in things now, I find. So within that, I have two more questions for you. Okay. Within that, how have you how have you held your well-being and your overall health in this current climate? Because I think being here in New Zealand, we've kind of We've somewhat fallen back into business as usual. Like, we're kind of in this place of like new normalcy, if that makes sense. Like, we're still navigating it. But North America is very different. Very different, to say Mm. the very least. -hmm. How are you doing? And how do you keep that? How do you keep yourself well, mentally, physically, emotionally, within all of this?
1: Ooh. Um, I journal. So, every day. Yeah. So on days when it's difficult, I am like, you know, frantically, <laughs> you know, almost burned a hole in the page trying to get out how I'm feeling.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and on the better days, I, you know, I chronicle, you know, sort of in the same order mm-hmm. and, that takes care of my whole self. Yeah, um, Physically, um, I would say from March until July, I probably wasn't leaving the house like ever. Yeah, And so I was getting my groceries delivered. I was not going outside. I wasn't seeing my family. I literally was just in the house <laughs> by myself. Mm-hmm. And so I spent a lot of time on FaceTime. And I'm lucky enough that, like, you know, my nieces and nephews, um, the ones that are old enough, have phones or tablets, and so sometimes, like, they'll FaceTime me, and like, I'll put my phone right here, and you know, they'll play with me and talk to me while I work. Yeah. Um, and then I also I did Whole 30 because I realized, like, physically, I'd done all the work, right? And we don't talk about this enough, right? Um, this is gonna be a little controversial, okay? <laughs> but let's get we it. All the work okay we will take care of our physical we will keep our hair done we will wear our makeup and then we will do zero for our physical health okay i am the v who was doing zero for their physical health Mm. i was my eating was out of control um i was just unconscious about the ticking time bomb my habits were having inside of my body um and so i you know was just morbidly obese and you know still looking good still you know keeping my hair done and outwardly looking fine but internally I was like rotting because I literally was doing zero to take care of my health and I'm gonna give you some perspective I remember one day for breakfast I had a McDonald's McGriddle for lunch I had pizza for dinner I had um KFC which is like a fried chicken restaurant um and so first of all who in their right mind does that kind of eating nobody Except for so many people eat out fast food three times a day, because here, the only thing that you could do to get out the house was eat. Yeah. Okay. So like the first part of Corona, um, or COVID, I, I, I would imagine I gained close to 20 pounds. Okay. And so I have since lost those 20 and probably like 25 or more through doing whole 30. Um, and Whole30 um, is the eating plan where you basically don't have like any rice, any grains, anything fun, no sugar, no soy, um, no dairy, okay? <laughs> it is an exercise of wills. And on top of that, because I had just lost control of my health, I also could have no fruit and no caffeine. So let me paint this picture for you. I could have nothing that tastes good that had comforted me through this very traumatic and trying time. And I went from that to doing Whole30, Okay. And I had the additional restrictions of no food, no fruit, and caffeine because my blood sugar was high. Okay, so now I'm sitting alone in this room by myself. I can't have candy. I can't have coffee. Okay, and I am in like this customer-facing role because I'm I'm the face and the voice and the institution and the expert behind my business. Yeah, with no days off, right? Because entrepreneurship has no vacation plan when you get to getting started. Okay, <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Um. I just looked in the mirror and was like, you're gonna, like, you're gonna die from feeding from eating to death. Mm. How ridiculous is that you're suffering from this health. And I'm speaking for Chanel. So anybody who's listening, please don't take this on. But I'm literally thinking about how I'm eating myself to death.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's
1: like, you know, I've done all this internal work. I've been to, you know, all type of holistic retreats, and I've read all the Brene Brown books, and, you know, I've gotten all of the um, the linchpins and the, all these books, and I've done the Strength Finder exercises, and I am, you know, at the top tier of my potential, and I am an expert, and no one can take that away from me. Yeah, but I can't decide not to add a vegetable to my diet. <laughs> Come on. Come on, the audacity of me to think that I was gonna be able to continue to treat myself that way and it would just fix itself. Yeah. The audacity of me, right? And so I had a hard, hard conversation with my doctor, and I was like, okay, girl, either you gonna get this together or you're gonna spend the rest of your life, you know, anchored to medication. So um I sat down and I started doing a whole 30 and The first seven days, I felt like I was just going to, like, get a pick and split my head in half and pull my brain out. I had the worst headaches. It was literally electrifying pain because sugar is a drug, period. And sugar was in my seasoning. Sugar was in my food. Sugar was in everything, okay? And so to detox off sugar, I've never done drugs. I would liken it to, like, what I would imagine would be, like, to detox off a drug, I had chills and headaches, and I was so darn twitchy and prickly and just uncontrollably unpleasant. Yeah. The good thing is, I'm by myself, so it's fine. But, like, do you know how unpleasant you have to be to be unpleasant to yourself? Yeah. Okay. But it's the truth. You can eat yourself to death. You don't have to die to have fun. You know, you don't have to die to eat. You literally can eat with just enough. To get yourself healthy you can actually reverse the effects of eating poorly through eating the right foods that's how it works yep you know and so that is like me being transparent and talking about like being overweight for me was unhealthy being overweight was killing me being overweight was was causing me to not be able to sleep being overweight was making me sick to my stomach and i was having literal stomach pain every day you know and the whole time the whole time it was me, you know, it wasn't environmental. It wasn't systemic. It wasn't a punishment. It wasn't stress related, you know, and sure there were like triggers that had me eating, but like, it was literally just me choosing to not have control and set boundaries. Now, mind you, I am very mind strong. So I set boundaries in all the aspects of my life, but why wasn't I setting boundaries with myself for myself?
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: You know, that was the most, hurtful thing for me to acknowledge that, like, I am the pillar, I'm the one you come to. You wanna talk about it? I'm the one who helps you create destruction. I'm the one who helps you create boundaries. It's me. They could probably put up a billboard and people would be like, oh, that's boundaries, girl. But I couldn't set boundaries with myself, you know? And so that's the internal work that I've been able to do during COVID, was acknowledge that, like, I have been unkind to my body. Mm. I get one. I get one body, it has one soul, and if i'm not feeding it it will not take care of me
0: and i don't get another
1: one and so that is i think the one new way i've been taking care of myself is that i eat the same five items in the rotation every day (laughs) um and and now i also feel like even though i literally eat cauliflower and baked chicken or cauliflower and a sweet potato or like broccoli and a sweet potato. Like I literally eat the same six things all the time, but I have so much more mental equity because I don't have to think about what I eat. I eat the same crap. And so not crap, but like eat the same stuff. So Mm -hmm. now I've created this brand new structure in my life that allows me to create better because it's, it's healthier for me. But then like over time, you know, even though I don't quote unquote lack confidence, you know how like proud I am to say that like my diet includes no sugar. You know, huge. no caffeine. I got a story to tell, you know, I'm living proof. I'm the testimony that if you want change, all you have to do is believe that it is yours and you have it. You yeah. can build the plan after you have the idea. That's literally how it works. Yeah, and it just took me. You know, having a conversation with my doctor, and her saying to me like, you young, but your body is just like, it's it's old. <laughs> like you gotta give some, put some time back on your clock." You yeah. know, if you you know you talk about your, you have clients and you have all these things like, you know, this this can get really bad really fast, and you can look up and like, you could have a heart attack, you know, and so I guess I'm saying that for you and for any listener who is like struggling with you know, their weight, you know, find something. Yeah. It doesn't matter like what that thing is. Sincerely, there's so many free programs online. Get you an accountability partner, okay? Maybe you're not married and maybe that accountability partner is not inside your home and that is okay. It doesn't have to be your husband or your wife. They're not responsible for you all the time. Yeah. Give them a break. You can go find somebody else. And yeah. if it's not, that community doesn't exist, create it online. Get you a Facebook group and invite people to it, and then lean on each other, and mm-hmm. figure it out.
0: Exactly. Right? Yeah. Love that. That's,
1: that's how I've been taking care of myself.
0: Well done. Boundaries, hey, they're yeah, they're yeah. the most fundamentally important thing ever of life. Period. Yeah. First, your beliefs with ourselves. It's they're yeah. so so important. Yeah. I can't imagine going through. All of this during a pandemic. Like that's next level. (laughs) It was. was. Yeah. Well Well done. And well done for sticking with it and being in it and being able to own it, being able to own all aspects of it. And I really, I really want to acknowledge and appreciate your candidness in saying how uncomfortable it was to have that conversation with yourself and say, I can set boundaries with everyone, but I'm not setting them with myself because I think that's a conversation more of us need to be having with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Even as we talk, I'm like, where am I not holding boundaries with myself? Cause I can set them with everyone else. Like boundaries for days. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. No. Right. Uh, but with right. myself, like, where am I? Yeah. Like, I think that's a big one. I think that's something that I'm also going to dive into and explore over this next little bit and see where I'm kind of a little bit more lenient with myself, where I actually need to be more firm and say, okay, what are we doing? What does yeah. this look like for us? Yourself proud. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up and sharing that. That's a really big one. God, I could just talk to you for days. I have so many questions. I have so many things, but I want to respect You have to invite me back. Right, exactly. Let's just do this (laughs) a million times. I have one more question for you, which I'm really curious to see, because I know you had shared something with me before this, but I'm curious to see what comes up as we're speaking because it might be completely different. Mm -hmm. So when you think about the world as we know it, right here, right now, whether it be locally, whether it be globally, what is one big change that you want to make or one big norm that you want to see disrupted and why?
1: Well, you know, there are so many of them.
0: (laughs) Um, So many. I
1: I think that two um, that come to mind immediately the one I mentioned to you was that self care is defined by task and not by self fulfilling prophecies. Okay, <laughs> and so so often we see self care as like putting on a mask or going to get a pedicure or um, going shopping and buying yourself something, something nice. That could be self care. The reality is that like if that is your self care, you have to repeat that at a rate. That feels good to you, and most of the time, you don't have thirty minutes to do a mask. You don't have, you yeah. know, an afternoon to go shopping. No shade. That can be a part of like your whole program of self care. But I'm so tired of every time I get online, somebody is self caring Saturday, and all they're doing is put a mask on their face. Go put the mask on and go. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine. I get it, right? right. And it's not missing for the fact that it feels good to you. It's just that like self-care is the small things you know sometimes self-care can be having an apple with lunch instead of french fries that's self-care you know self-care can be you know when your mom gets on your nerves instead of you like flipping out you just take a deep breath and you say mom so glad to call but i have to run i love you and hanging up that's self-care okay taking care of yourself It's how you define it. And you can think, you can tell me to go somewhere if you feel like none of that's true. And guess what? You fulfilled it because that's self-care. It is literally you defining what it means to take care of yourself and not letting other people, you know, define that for
0: you. Mm -hmm. And
1: that all the time, it just frustrates me because it like, for me, you know, I'm, I'm not You know 21 or 22 or 23 so i don't get online to look for measurements of what is and isn't good i just don't care that much but i have a niece who's in her early 20s and i have little cousins who are in their early to mid-20s and i see you know they're all like pretty much like me they don't care about the internet but i've watched so many other girls that i've mentored struggle with feeling like they have to have thousand dollar bags and like that's hashtag self-care what none of that is like self-care and I've just watched this institutionalization of perception being the like again being what is supposed to determine your reality it's not it's literally not it's literally an unnecessary pressure that we place on ourselves and I just want people to figure out how they take care of themselves and do it yeah it doesn't matter you know but do it in a way that like you can do it enough that you are taking care of yourself every day Mm -hmm. And so it's a list of things. It shouldn't just be one thing, you know? Um, And I would say the second thing that I think about is that, like, you don't have to be one person. I am on my third career, okay? (laughs) Um, And I have gotten criticism from everybody about me being on my third career. You know what? None of those critics are paying the bills. Yeah, None of those critics who have told me what they think I should be doing, have provided me with any sort of financial resources, or even like any open door for it. And so um, if you're listening to this, and you've been a teacher for 30 years, and now you decide that you want to go and be a bartender, go be a bartender. You know, go do whatever brings you joy. I am so sick and tired of people feeling like they have to do one thing and you also don't need seven streams of income to be a millionaire you can have one business with multiple stri- multiple products that can make you a millionaire and yeah. you know what else you don't have to be a millionaire <laughs> so what like a millionaire does not have to be your goal you are not invalidated because you don't want to be rich i'm mm-hmm. so sick and tired of this whole like wealth magnet um culture and entrepreneurship that if you're not trying to build out to be a millionaire or you don't have a million dollars or you're not making a hundred thousand dollars a month that you're not successful. That's not true. No, that's not true. It's not true at all. And I, I guess like, I would love to have a conversation with these people who say that like, you know, you need to have, you know, these high um, income months to be um, effective and that somehow that's the measuring stick because yes, do you deserve to be rich? I don't know you, but I believe in you. Right. But I also know that like, You can have so much if you have good credit. There's a solid chance that you may be able to get some things with your good credit that a millionaire cannot get. Okay. So like, while you're out there beating up yourself because you may have only made $1,500 in your last product, please understand that like, that you have done well, that is success. You have impacted Mm -hmm. someone's life enough that they have invested in your expertise or invested in your baby, you know, this thing that you coddle and go after and seek and love and nurture constantly. Yeah. I am so exhausted all the time when every ad I see is in just five days, you can make six figures. Shut up. No, I shut what? up. <laughs> just shut up. <laughs> like, and, like, and it's not that I don't believe that a lot of people are making a lot of money. I do. Mm-hmm. I believe it. I see it. I know it. But I just, I'm so tired of like money being the success because like long before you are actually like rich you're successful yeah right and so I just I don't want money to be the measuring stick of your success of your no yeah exactly like you don't have the right to be happy because you're not rich what no most of the world won't be rich and you know what that's amazing yeah you know You could be a good parent, a good child, a good good pet owner, a good volunteer. There are so many ways that you can impact the world that money cannot buy.
0: Exactly. Right.
1: And if you're focused on, you know, if you are an entrepreneur, great. And also you don't have to be an entrepreneur. You can be the baddest top tier performer in your local fortune 500 show out. You deserve to be celebrated you are not inadequate because you don't want to be an entrepreneur you're not inadequate if you don't want to have seven streams of income to be a millionaire shut up leave people alone (laughs) like just leave i'm so i'm so drained by it i like and it's not like a hater thing huh it it is and you know what it is it's not only is it exhausting it is um It's a sticking point for people. It makes people feel like they're a failure without even trying. It makes people afraid to try. But you need to know that somewhere somebody is going to bed tonight, praying, asking God to relieve their struggle. And you being selfish with your gift is allowing someone to struggle. And that Mm -hmm. is what you need to understand, to get up off your gift and start sharing it with people. Oh, I love that. Can you say it again? Say that again. Of course I can. Tonight, someone is going to go to bed, struggling, praying, asking God to please relieve them from their struggle. And when they wake up tomorrow, they are still going to be struggling because you're being selfish with your gift.
0: Yes. I love that. So that, that
1: that right there, that is what you need to know is that if you have a gift that you are hoarding, you are being selfish and you are enabling people to hurt.
0: Yeah. That
1: is the measuring stick of success yeah have you stopped someone's struggle have you stopped someone's pain have you made someone's day better are you making people smile because you could be a comedian or a dog walker you know it doesn't matter somewhere some pet owner is a new mom at home crying because she can't walk the dog and keep the baby at the same time so your idea about a dog walking company in your local community could be giving that mother so much joy and taking off so much pressure
0: i love that right yeah, it's so true. It's I think it's such a disservice when we hold on to that gift and keep it inside. And like our these systems and structures that we're surrounded by are just built to keep those gifts inside and be like, you can't do this. You're not good enough. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like at some point you just have to shake that system off and be like, I'm just gonna try. I'm just gonna put this out there and I'm gonna do the thing. And I'm going to gift it to others and hone my craft and let it be the thing that does alleviate some sort of suffering or some sort of discomfort for another human. I love that. I love that. Chanel, thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for
0: having me. So, so much. I've gotten so much out of it. I love that I can now reflect on my own personal boundaries and come into that space boundaries with myself I think that's really really crucial where can people find you
1: so they can find me on Facebook um my name is I, I use this all the time Chanel like designer and Rose like the flower it's that simple um the name of my I know I love it it just works and people may not remember but they're like oh how do you spell that you'll find me I'm there I'm yeah. happy to connect with anybody who friends me I am an unbiased friend acceptor um you'll get the best of me from my company's Facebook page, CR Agency, and CR is C-E-A-R-E, Agency. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm always, uh, I'm newer to the Facebook space because I've been operating my business offline for a long time, but slowly but surely, I'm giving out free tips, free strategies, um, answering questions, please inbox me if you don't want to have that conversation in public. I love to chat, I have the gift of gab. Those are the two places you can find me most often. I'm on LinkedIn. Also, add me. I'm always on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. um, with my first and last name. And that is really where you can find me, LinkedIn and Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. I think I have three pictures. Enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I don't give it out because I don't use it. But seriously, Facebook and LinkedIn are where you would find me. I'm open to have any conversation you need. Reach out.
0: Yes. And we'll also link that into the show notes as well. So you can find it there too. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. And you have a great rest of your day. Um.
0: Thank you so much for listening. And if there's anything, anything at all that you want to explore or you have ideas about and want to get into, please, please drop me a line you can find us at the self-agency advocate on both facebook and instagram and i would absolutely love to chat so let's connect